Paul said in Romans 8 and 38, he said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us will be able to separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus. He said, I am persuaded. It's personal. I am persuaded. This is how I start my prayers off with this scripture. In every scripture that I can think of that tells me how much he loves me. His perfect love, it cast out fear because fear involved torment. And he can't have his kids being tormented and loved at the same time. His soul love that made him give his son. When I think that this is his plan, this was his plan. See, We have to get back to a realization that this is his plan. Before the foundation of the world, he had a thought. (laughs) He had a plan. And it was us. Ah, y'all ain't with me today. Y'all ain't with me. Y'all still tired? You have to be persuaded. No death, no life, no angel, no principality, no power, nothing can separate us. Can separate us. Can pull us out his hands. Doesn't the scripture say that we can't, we can't be plucked out? We can't be plucked out. Our thing Going into season three is be consumed. Be consumed. You might not be able to see the consumed part. It's a little black, you know, blurry. But be consumed. One thing that fire does is it fuses things together. There's no way you can be consumed by his fire and pulled apart from him. His fire is his love. He so loved us that he gave his son. The Bible says he has everlasting love. His love and kindness drew us. So if he, going, if he was going to draw us with his love and kindness, then how in the world was he going to keep us? I know your, your earthly experience got you a little shook up because you've heard people say they love you but then the actions were different. You've heard I love you before but you didn't see the actions behind it. But when we look at our Heavenly Father all we see is action. All we see is blessing. You know healing is you know healing is his thing 
You know deliverance is his thing. You know blessings is his thing. This is something he instituted. This isn't something the preacher came up with. Prayer is his institution. He wanted to communicate with us so much that he gave us another language. I'm giving you reasons why you should be consumed. I'm going to use the old preacher line. I won't be before you long. I know I say it every time. But last year, going into coming into season two, our theme was if you participate, if you participate, you will grow. Meaning, if you practice righteousness, if you were praying, you were fasting, you were putting the word in you, you were coming to church, you were studying the word, you were giving, then you're growing. Even if you did it at a, on a low level. This year, we got to step it up. Because if you have been doing that, you should be to the point where you are being consumed. Which means you don't want nothing else but this relationship. I was talking to a friend, um, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, and they were talking about faith and how many times faith was in the Bible. My question was, I didn't ask it because I don't like to start stuff. All right. My question was, faith in what? (laughs) Faith in what? Are you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost? Y'all know how y'all say that. Is your faith, don't say nothing when I say this, okay? Is your faith still in Jesus Christ? Don't say nothing. Because he's the door to the Father. Your faith was to get you in the door to the relationship. We're still stuck at the door. (laughs) If your faith is just still in Jesus. Jesus is the mediator between man and God. The purpose of the mediation was to get you into the relationship. Now that you are in a relationship, this is where your faith should be. He would never leave me or forsake me from the relationship. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Well, how did you get righteous? Through Jesus Christ. Because you are his child, you are now the righteousness of him. Which means when he looks at you, he don't see who you used to be. He don't even see who you are. He sees what you're going to be. That's the love of God. That's the love of our father. He can't love us if he just look at where we are. But he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the what? The what? 
the seed, the child, <laughs> begged for bread. Everything he did when it came to creating this planet was for us. It wasn't for angels. It was for his children. Soon as you find out you're pregnant, what you do? Oh, oh boy, I see. <laughs> see? I knew I was going to have to put a disclaimer before that. Y'all know Mama Mary back, so. <laughs> Soon as you find out that you're pregnant, you start planning. You start planning. You got the nursery together. You got the crib. You got the bottles. You got the wipes. You got the clothes. Everything. Why? Because some, you're expecting something. This is our father towards us. Nothing can separate us. Nothing. I told y'all, you got to be careful of the angels that you let minister to you. You got to be careful of the ministering spirits that are ministering to you. Because if it is the Holy Spirit, it's going to be telling you the Father's plan. If it's ministering spirits, it's going to be telling you he loves you. Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. 40 days of being tempted by Satan. You know, wilderness is a dry place. <laughs> a wilderness is a dry place. Whenever you find yourself in a wilderness, I'm going to teach in a second. Whenever you find yourself in a wilderness, understand this. It is so the Father can ascertain the qualities of your soul. He just wants to see everything I've been telling you, everything my angel's been ministering to you, everything this Bible been saying, has it settled? Is it the way you think? Is it the, is it the way you feel? Because you know we feel. Y'all know we, we, we be in our feelings. And we're in our feelings because of the spirit that is ministering to us. It ain't holy because it's telling you he's going to forsake you. What does devil mean? Uh-oh. Accuser. What does Satan mean? Opposition. So anytime you hear a voice in your ear that is not telling you what the word says, so that means you got to study. That means you got to get some preaching in you, some teaching in you. So that when you hear Satan ministering something to you, because Jesus will tell you the truth, he ministers scriptures. Jump. Does not the word say? That he would not allow your angels. He would not allow you to see harm. If you jump from this. He ministers scriptures to you. So what does that mean? You got to have a it is written. We going into season three. I want to hear about Satan ministering to you. 
it's time to be consumed. So if you have been practicing righteousness, you are growing. The more you intensify this thing, the more you grow. I've been telling y'all since the church started, you're going to have to take a season off from your extracurricular activities, from everything you got going on, and just pour that word into you. Until you do that, you're going to struggle. You know why? Because you're battling with two different voices. So we want to be consumed. We want him to have our life. We want to give it all to him. It's an exchange. He says, if you lose your life, I got a whole nother one for you. Our first scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. For our God is a consuming fire. Now that word consume means that he absorbs you. It means to consume utterly, to completely fill. There's no way you can get close to the Father and not get burned. There's no way you can get close to his presence and not feel warmth. You know how it is. You know when you pray and the spirit is on you, it feels warm. There's no way you can get close to fire and be in darkness. Because fire brings light. There's no way we can get close to him and not be refined. There's no way we can get close to him and not be fused into his family. It's impossible. Why? Because our God is a consuming fire. When he has consumed us, we will become what he predestined us to be. The predestination, the the foreordained plan is only released when you are consumed. When there ain't no plan B. You like my English? When there ain't no plan B or C. When your plan B is stick with plan A, you know you're being consumed. This is his ultimate plan, is to create a family of fire, which means the closer we get to him, we're consumed. Amen? Which means the closer people get to us, they're consumed. James chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. And it reads, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
So our God is a consuming fire. And the scripture said, if, as we draw near to him, he comes towards us. Every step we take <laughs> towards him, he takes one towards us. Now, this has a lot to do with the adoption. Because you have to be careful when you're dealing with adopted kids. You have to be careful when you're dealing with individuals who have their own will. You have to be careful when you're dealing with folks who have come out the world because he's authoritative, but he's not authoritarian. He'll say do this, but he'll never make you. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. So as we draw near to him, what is he going to do? Cleanse your hands. This is who you used to be. Sinners. Where are my sinners at? Y'all better not raise your hand. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. The reason why? Because change hurt. It don't feel good. It don't feel good. It hurt. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. But that's the life you get used to in this. Every time you think you arrived, he said it's time to change. Every level, he said, get ready for the next level. I'm 43. Am I 40? Yeah, I'm 43. Sometimes I think I'm 33. Don't get mad at me. Every time you have a birthday, you're preparing for the next one. <laughs> the next day. My brother just hit the 5-0. Look good, don't he? Soon as I turn 43, he's preparing me for 44. Soon as I turn 44, he's preparing me for 45. That's the one thing you would never, ever be comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, that too. Verse 10 says, Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So we start by drawing near to God and him drawing near to us, but then we end by him exalting you. The more you draw near to him, he draws near to you. The more you change, it's a sign of humility, and he begins to exalt you, meaning he begins to open doors. Y'all looking at me like, what is he talking about? I know y'all know. I'm just messing with you. So I got three stories for you on today. And I want to talk to you about being consumed, drawing near. So I have three examples on today. Our first one being Moses. Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to go through verses 1 through 8. I'm not going to read them. I'm just going to go through them because I got three stories. Y'all ready? All right. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, 
the priest of Midian, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the, God, the mountain of God. Verse 2. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire, but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? So Moses is going for a stroll. And the scripture says he looked and he saw a bush. And that the bush was on fire. And it was amazing to him because although the bush was on fire, it wasn't being consumed. Now, he's looking in his natural sight. He's thinking to himself, if this is on fire, then I should see leaves falling. If this is on fire, I should see twigs falling off. I should see eventually this thing being slumped. But the thing I'm looking at is consumed by fire, but it's not burning. Because in the natural, fire consumes the thing from the outside, then on the inside. Verse, in verse 2, in verse 3, it says, So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Somebody say, draw near. So Moses thought, I need to draw near to this thing. Because this is remarkable. He asked himself a question, why isn't the bush burning up? This is the reason why. Because it's supernatural fire. And supernatural fire burns different than natural fire because supernatural fire is there to consume the inside of you. Our father is a consuming fire. He ain't trying to catch your flesh on fire. He's trying to catch your soul on fire. When your soul is on fire, the flesh will burn. Verse 4. Now, we're talking about being consumed. It's things that are going to happen to you on your way to being consumed. Verse 4. When Moses, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, so when the Lord saw that he had drawn near, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. So the more you draw near to the consuming fire that is our father, you're going to learn a voice. You're going to learn a voice. You're going to learn how to hear his voice. The reason we can't hear his voice is because we're not drawing near. And you know, the further you walk away from something, the less you can hear it. Even in the spirit. The further you get from the father, the more faint his voice comes. The further you get from the father, you start to hear other voices, whether it's Satan or your family. Whether it's Satan or your flesh. Whether it's Satan or your friends. 
When you draw near to him, you're going to learn how to hear that voice. And that voice is going to create a conversation. Somebody said pray. Verse 5. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. So not only does it come with a voice, but the voice reveals the boundaries of holiness that keeps us walking upright. The voice reveals our position. The angel should be ministering to you. The Holy Spirit should be speaking to you, telling you who you are in Christ. You should know your position. When Satan speaks to you, your first, your first thought process should be first, I rebuke you, all right? Secondly, but the rebuke should come because you know your position. When Satan told Jesus to bow down and worship him, I can imagine what Jesus was thinking. Like, I would really have to lower myself to do this. Because we have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, then we have humans, then we have Satan. So Satan is literally asking Jesus to lead a Godhead, <laughs> go beneath being a human being, and worship him. What did Jesus say? Get behind me. Watch this. You will only worship the Father. Verse 6, then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So the more you draw near to him, he'll tell you who he is to you. He told Moses, this is who I am. I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How many of y'all know he's just our father? He ain't the God of our father. He's, he is our father. This is how you know the difference between a religious spirit. <laughs> okay, let me stop. Verse 7. It says, then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings and I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from the land to a good and spacious land and a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. So when we draw near to him, he will reveal to us his heart for us and his plan. He let Moses know. He said, I have come down to rescue them. This is what I come to do. From the power of the Egyptians. And not only did he come to rescue them, but then he said he came to bring them into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. So he didn't just come to rescue them, he came to bless them. 
He didn't just come to bless them. He wanted to bless them by giving them somebody else's land. When you draw near to the Father, he will reveal his heart and he will reveal his plan. Say amen. Verse 9. So because the Israelites cry for help has come to me, I have also seen the way of the Egyptians, the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So the more that we draw near to him, the more that we draw near to this consuming fire, he consumes us. But he consumes us to handle the matters that consume him. He don't consume you so you can do your own thing. He, don't, he doesn't consume us so we can live our best life. I'm sorry. He consumes us to consume because he consumes us so that we can handle the matters that consume him. The whole reason why this fire is ignited and he has shown it to Moses is because the Egyptians. It ain't because Moses gifted. It ain't because Moses talented. It ain't because he looked good. In actuality, the boy was a murderer. So we draw near to the father so he can consume us, so we can handle his affairs on earth. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Make his name holy. The father consumes us so you would never be consumed if your plan is not to make his name holy. You would never be consumed if you don't want the mission. The whole purpose of the fire is for your destiny. It's for your destiny. For your purpose, for your callings, and for your assignments. So the father is telling us to do what? Draw near to me. Why does he want us to draw near? So we can be consumed. You don't want the life you got. That's why you're here. You want the life that he has for you. All right. Our next story. Elijah. Now the reason why I like this story It's because when we draw near to the Father and we become consumed, we start to flaunt this relationship. We start to flaunt this relationship, kind of like Jesus did. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out the mouth of my heavenly Father. I only do what my Father tell me to do. A son can only do what he sees the father do. He wants you, the closer you get to him, you should flaunt this relationship. This is the reason why he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. But in order for us to complete the assignment of the ministry of reconciliation, we have to be consumed. We have to be consumed. There's no way around it. First Kings 
chapter 18, verse 22. I'm doing good. 30 minutes left. It says, then Elijah said to the people, I am the only remaining prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Hmm. Now, I'm going to give you a little backdrop of the story. Paul is about to show the 450 prophets who really has God on their side. And so in order to do this, he made this plan and he told them, he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to both sacrifice to our gods and whoever God show up by fire, this is the true and living God. Because that's how our father show up, right? He shows up by fire. So verse 22 says, then Elijah said to the people, I am the only remaining prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Verse 23, he says, let two bulls be given to us. They are to choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces and place it on the wood, but do not light the wood. He said, I will prepare the other bull and place it on the wood, but not light the fire. Verse 24, then you call on the name of your God, and I call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers with fire, he is God. All the people answered, cool, that's fine, bet, let's try it. Verse 25, then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, since you are so numerous, since it's more of y'all than it is of me, I'm going to let y'all go first. Who did I say? Oh, I'm in Elijah. <laughs> Thank you. It says, so they took the bull. Where am I, verse 20? Okay. Then Elijah said to the prophet of Baal, since you are so numerous, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first. Then call on the name of your God, but don't light the fire. In other words, don't cheat. Verse 26. So they took the bull that he gave them, prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Baal, answer us. But there was no sound. No one answered. Then they danced around the altar. They had made. They got religious with it. They said, if we talking and he ain't answering, maybe if we dance, he'll answer. <laughs> Verse 27. At noon, Elijah mocked them. This ain't godly, is it? At noon, Elijah mocked them. He said, Shout loudly, for he's a God. Maybe he's thinking it over. Maybe he has wandered away. Maybe he lost his cell phone. Maybe he changed his number. <laughs> he says, perhaps he's sleeping. Hit the alarm clock. 
and we'll wake up. They shouted loudly. That didn't work. It says, and they cut themselves with knives and spears. I don't want that, God. If I got to do all of that to get your attention, I don't need to talk to you. And cut themselves with knives and spears according to their custom until blood gushed over them. Verse 29. All afternoon they kept on raving until the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no sound, no answer, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. Draw near. So all the people approached him. Then he repaired the Lord's altar that had been torn down from all their foolish dancing. (laughs) From their anger. They're probably throwing rocks at this point in time. Elijah took 12 stones representing government according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying Israel will be your name. Verse 32, and he built an altar with the stones in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold four gallons of water. Now he's going overboard. Verse 33, next he arranged the wood, cut up the bull, and placed it on it, on the wood. He said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the offering to be burned and on the wood. Now, this don't look like a recipe for success. Then he said a second time, and they did it a second time. Then he said a third time, and they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. He even filled the trench with water, four gallons worth of water. At the time for offering the evening sacrifice, the prophet Elijah approached the altar and said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today, let it be known. So why is he doing this? Because he wants God to be known. He's not just doing this to show out. He's doing this because he wants God to be known amongst these people. If you want the fire to show up, don't do it for your purpose. Do it because you want your father to be known. Answer me, Lord. So that this, oh, I didn't skip the, uh, he says, today, let it be known that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that, hmm. At your word, I have done all these things. So he's not doing it on his accord. He's not doing it on his account. All these instructions are coming straight from heaven. Verse 37, answer me, Lord. Answer me so that this people will know that you are the Lord. You, the Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. So the whole purpose of him doing this is to reveal the father. The whole purpose of him doing this is to reveal God. The whole purpose of him doing this is so that the people would know the reason why they're about to repent. Verse 38. Then the Lord's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering 
the wood, the stones, the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Hmm. Now, if I can sing, don't look at me like that. This is the time where Tasha Cobb's song says, you provide You provide the fire, I'll provide the sacrifice. This is, Elijah is showing us what happens when we provide the sacrifice. He's showing us what happens when we are consumed. You have to be consumed to go through all of this. You have to be consumed to stand in front of 450 men by yourself and proclaim Verse 39, when all the people saw it, what happened? They fell on face down and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The fire fell, why? First, because the people drew near. Elijah said, come near. The fire fell because his motives were pure. Be consumed. The fire fell because he provided an offering. In the same manner that Paul did this, this is how we are supposed to flaunt this relationship before the kingdom of darkness and before the world. The same manner. It's time out for being scared. See, when you're consumed, you ain't scared of nothing. When you're not consumed, you get nervous. I don't want to talk about God because I don't know what my boss going to say. I don't want to talk because I don't want to offend them. I don't care. Get offended. Jesus didn't mind. The Pharisee said, <laughs> the scripture said that the Pharisees were ready to throw him off a cliff because he offended them. This brother had whole parables. <laughs> he tell a whole parable and at the end, the scriptures say, and they got mad because they knew he was talking about them. How was Jesus able to conduct his ministry? He was consumed. I must preach the gospel. Not I might, I should. Not if I'm called. I must. I know what I'm called to do. I only do what my father tell me to do. That only starts when you tell yourself that. I know we like to repeat scriptures. We just like to say stuff. And then we like to use it when it fits us. When it's convenient, I need you to do this. I only do what my father tell me to do. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pray for me. How about that? <laughs> the fire fell 
just like in a previous story with Moses, because it was a ministry of reconciliation needed to be loosed. So fire falls for the purpose, for the purpose of Elijah. Fire showed up for Moses, but in both cases, he was trying to get people saved. In both cases, he was trying to pull people into the kingdom. Amen? Y'all learning something? We have to be consumed. When we are consumed, my last story, we will stand like the three Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, I was about to say in the Billy Goat too, so I ain't gonna, I ain't mad at y'all. <laughs> I knew somebody was gonna say it. <laughs> I was thinking it in my mind. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the, mm, let me give you the backdrop of this far ago. I'm moving too fast. So, King Nebuchadnezzar, creates this golden statue. And at the plan of this music, he wanted everybody to bow down and worship this statue. But how many of you know when the Father consumes you, you don't bow to nothing but him? So in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, they didn't even call him King Nebuchadnezzar, they just called him Nebuchadnezzar. They got bold at this point. Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. Verse 17. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. Now, to rescue means to save. Verse 18. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden statue you set up. How many know they consumed? How many know they persuaded? How many of y'all know their mind is made up? We're willing to die. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage. He was in his feelings. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more than was customary. So he was so mad that they would not bow to him, he said, turn up the heat. And I guess by turning up the heat, he thought that as soon as we turn up the heat, they're going to fall. Not when you consume. Verse 21. Verse 20. And he commanded some of the best soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. Verse 21. So these men, now it's giving you that wardrobe. Because how many of y'all know clothes catch fire? All right? 
So these men in their trousers, robes, head coverings, and other clothes were tied up and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Verse 22, since the king's command was so urgent that the furnace, mm, extremely hot, the raging flames killed those men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's too many stories where you try to set up the children of God, where you try to set up God's people, and, and, it, and it ends up backfiring. Don't do it. Say, don't do it. Okay. Verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you got to see this, fell, bound into the furnace of blazing fire. So he threw them in there. The scripture said that they fell. So they were in there like shish kebabs. They just land in the fire, bound, hands tied up, feet tied up, Thrown into the fire. How many of y'all know he want to make sure that they were consumed in the wrong way? That's a whole other message. Satan trying to consume you too. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm. He said to his advisors, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, look, I see four men. Hold on. <laughs> we only threw three in there. He said, I see four. Not tied. So not only is it an extra person, they ain't even tied up no more. Then he said, walking around in the fire unharmed. Let me throw this out there. Them little situations you're going through. Them little circumstances you're going through. The scripture said you have not yet resisted to blood. You ain't been thrown in no furnace. It ain't a, this ain't even, a, most of the situations we go through, they ain't even real situations that we need to even, even worry about do we trust. The scripture says we have come to know and believe the love that he has for us. Consumed. We have come to know and believe the love that our father has for us. Consumed. That's what we have to get to. That's the place we need to be. We need to know intimate knowledge. Not, I read it. We need to know and believe, have faith. <laughs> so what should your faith be in? In the fact that he loves you. There's no way you can think the father loves you and then worry. The only thing you're going to worry about is that it ain't going to happen the way you want it to. <laughs> mm. He exclaimed, look, I see four men, not tied up, walking around in the fire unharmed. I know he was upset. 
because he about to lose all his credibility because somebody on the set is more powerful than him. He about to lose all his notoriety. He finna lose his entire kingdom because he messed with the wrong people. Gotta read that again. I see four men. They not tied up. I know I just bound them and they walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Now Jesus ain't never, Jesus ain't been on earth. It's the explanation. I threw three in there. Another one appeared. <laughs> he said this, it has to be one of God's sons. There's no way. But watch this. This is the in Christ connection. Because you are in Christ, anything you get in, he get in with you. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said that from heaven. You know, I ain't touch you. No, you killing Christians. I'm the head. You messing with my body. The Christ connection. Anytime you get in anything, he's there You got to understand your connection. Mm. Verse 26. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You servants of the most high God, come out. Now he got a delivery ministry. Deliverance ministry. (laughs) Come out. Right now, in the name of your God. <laughs> yeah, apply some fake worship. He good, ain't he? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Look at this conversation. It switched. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out the fire. When the satraps, prefects, governors, and the king advisors gathered around, Look what they saw. They saw that the fire had no effect on their bodies, the bodies of these men. No effect. Now, the fire, it was already fire. Okay, now, y'all come on. uh, Some of y'all run from a big lighter. (laughs) You don't catch me on fire. It's an incense. <laughs> Look. They saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair on their head was singed. Their, work, their robes was unaffected. And there was no smell of fire on them. That's impossible. Right? Not in this supernatural but they saw this demonic fire has nothing on supernatural fire it ain't a pressure that Satan can apply 
Demonic fire has nothing on supernatural fire. Now, we're talking about literal fire here. To y'all, I'm just talking about situations and circumstances. I'm just talking, it's just food. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Because if I deliver some servants, why do you think Jesus wakes up in the boat? This is just a storm. You little, you a little faith. I bet he was thinking in his mind, y'all don't know Shadrach. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of times that Jesus, Jesus said to them, have you not read? Have you not read? The Pharisees talking to him, your boy's eating on the Sabbath. They picking grains. Have you not read? What is he saying? If you would just read what your heavenly father did for servants. Just just read. Just read. Just read what he did for Moses. You'll be worried about your your little faults and failures. Moses killed somebody and got chose. Murdered him in the, buried him in the sand. <laughs> and he still showed up in a burning bush to get his attention about a call. Be consumed. No. He wants this for you more than you want it. You know how I know? Because this is his plan. It's his plan. Jesus said this. He said, count up the cost. Who sits down and makes a plan without making sure they can finish it? The very word that I started, I'm going to finish. He didn't create us and look at us and say, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish with Ola. (laughs) She's a special case. This is why I have to get you to hear a father. This is why I have to present to you the orphan spirit. This is why I have to let you know you've been born again. You're a child of God because that way you can put it in perspective. I've never seen a righteous forsaken. What the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So Just based on what we have read, he can't forsake us. I've never seen a seed beg for bread. The Bible says if he be for you. Now, we see the example with servants. One prophet wasn't even a son, wasn't a daughter. He hadn't even he haven't he hadn't even let his son die yet. One prophet, four hundred and fifty men. What? What you want to do? <laughs> Verse twenty-eight. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed. Now he want to look at this. 
whole conversation changed. Now he want to be on the praise team. Look at this. Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels and rescued his servants who trust him. That sounds like a song. He testifying. He testifying. <laughs> they violated the king's command. Now he the king. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels and rescued his servants who trusted him. They violated the king's commands and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own. That's his testimony. Verse 29. He changed his whole conversation. Now as a king, he's about to make a decree based on their faith. Verse 29, therefore I issue a decree that anyone of any people, any nation, or any language who say anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb from limb and his house made a garbage dump. And then he exclamation pointed, watch this. For there is no other God who is able to deliver like this. This is the type of father you got. This is the type of father you got. He makes kings bow to servants. This is the father we're working with. This is the faith we're working with. He makes kings bow. He turns or kings into worship leaders. In one fell sweep, this brother then sung a song and testified. But this is what I want you to get. You can't burn something that's already consumed. You can't burn something that's already consumed. If you feel like you're being burned, it's because you're not consumed. I'm motivating you to get consumed. So these little afflictions, that's what Paul called them, called them light afflictions. (laughs) He said the light afflictions are in no comparison to the weight of glory. The weight comes when we get consumed. When we get consumed, we can carry it. When you're not consumed, you can't carry it. You know why? Because you're trying to carry everything else. You can't burn what's already consumed. The Father's going to put you in situations and the whole purpose of the situation is going to be to see if you consumed. Don't run. Don't get depressed. Don't even pray. I know y'all like, what are you talking about? Look, when you recognize that you're in a circumstance, in a situation, and your faith ain't where it should be, go back to the drawing board. Intensify practicing righteousness. Turn up your prayer life. Get in the word more. 
because this little thing should not be bothering me. This thing should not be moving me. You lost your job. You depressed. Have you not read? (laughs) Have you not read? This is his plan. The Bible says for everybody he foreknown, he did predestine. Everybody he foreknew, he predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son, consumed. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Why would he ask you to present your body as a living sacrifice? (laughs) He urged them. And the King James, I like the King James because they got some words that we just don't use. He said, I beseech you. I don't even know what that means. He said, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you, 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 you present your body. You find the altar. By the way, the altar is the relationship. We don't have altars in the New Testament. The altar is the relationship. You are the sacrifice. Jesus, the only sacrifice we needed to get into the relationship. Now you present your body a living sacrifice, which means what? You're supposed to walk around on fire all day. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Mm. Holy and pleasing to God. What's that last line? Y'all shy? Say it together in sync. You said it. This is, this is what true worship looked like. This is what true worship looked like. Jesus said, the Father's seeking them. <laughs> Jesus said, the Father's seeking them. He didn't say he was seeking them. He didn't say the Holy Spirit was seeking them. He said, the Father is seeking such to worship him. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking for those who will worship him in spirit. I know I'm like you. In truth, I understand your plan. It's predestined. Everything is already written. I win in the end. All I got to do is stay on the road. He says that type of worship is going to lead you to a place where you are consumed. This is the whole invitation of love the Lord with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your understanding. What? That word love is agape. He ain't expecting you to give him agape. He's expecting you to give him your mind. This is what happens. You give him your mind, he set it on fire. Burn up the past, burn up the present so you can function in the future. Give him your soul. He burn it up. From all the past, from all the present, so you have a future. Give him your heart so he can burn up all the stuff that was done, all the stuff people doing, 
so you can have a future. Give them your strength. It ain't no good anyway until you get his. <laughs> Give him your understanding so he can burn it up and give you his. Mm. The only way we're going to be consumed is this. I'm closing. The only way we're going to be consumed is this. It's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to discipline your mind. You're going to have to discipline your mind in prayer. You're in the middle of praying. Y'all know what happened out there. Notification. Who is that? What's that? Wasn't even a spark yet. You got to discipline your mind. Every time the Satan try to bring your mind over here, bring it back. Stay there till you feel fire. When you feel fire, keep going. (laughs) You on a fast. Mm. You got a headache. So what that mean? I need to eat. No, it don't. No, it don't. You need to fire more than you need to eat. When you get the fire, I hate to say it like this, your level of eatery goes up. When you in the word, you know why we lose, why we can't get fire? We distracted. We got every reason why we can't. So it ain't even a smell of smoke. Be consumed. He didn't say open the church on Sunday. And Wednesday, so you can stay at home, watch this. Satan gives you reasons. You tired? You ain't tired. You just ain't got no fire. You ain't consumed. We ain't gonna talk about giving. Give it like it's on fire. (laughs) Be consumed. Fire illuminates. Fire refines. Fire fuses. He wants us to be consumed so that we won't connect ourselves to anything else. Once you have felt the fire, you don't want to feel nothing else. Once you have been consumed, that's the life of Christ. The mind of Christ is what? I must be consumed. The mind of Christ is what? I'm consumed. Stand on your feet.